You're alive everywhere, hey man. That was the worst attempt at trying to hide in the camera ever. Okay, let me just make it that clear now. Let me get this right though. You do you wish. Uh, I think this is. Yes. To be honest, it could do with being a little bit down. Oops. Whatever you were lucky, you don't know, you've escaped. Right, I think we are good to go here, guys. Right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Wala qibatil mutaqin. Wala udwan illa ala al-zalimin. Wa salamatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. My brothers and sisters them. My apologies for that. I completely messed that up. Absolutely no reason other than complete and utter incompetency. For some reason, I thought that. Really? No, that wasn't the reason. No, the reason was that for some reason, the reason was that for some reason, I thought that all I needed to do on my laptop was just to press uh, uh, broadcast. And actually it wasn't at all. And I wasn't prepared to have to go and get the whole phone stuff out and all the rest of it. And so my uh, apologies, my apologies. Uh, entirely my fault. Shazad Salim went into a panic. Yeah, what are you talking about? And go and get the phone. And I thought, I said, where am I going to get the phone thing from? Blah, blah, blah. I don't even know where my phone is half the time these days. But anyway, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Right, we're here. We're starting off. Today is the continuation or the completion of Salat al-Duha. I do believe that we covered um, a couple of the points last week. By the way, I want to apologize that I've not been able to get onto the Telegram group. Can somebody now first share the Telegram group? Everybody who is here in the class that's not on the LP Telegram group needs to join the Telegram group. That's the first thing. Uh, someone post it, please. Secondly, I'm sorry, I did say that I would come on Actually, I did. Actually, I did. I came on, I think that evening, I came on, I said that, okay, guys, I'm sorry, I've been too late, uh, or I delayed the class too long. I can't remember what happened last week, and I couldn't answer the question, so let's take it to Telegram, and I'll answer it. And Selma, I seem to remember distinctly, had some questions. And I went on that same evening, that night, and maybe even the next morning, I could be wrong, but certainly went on later on that night, and there was no questions there. And so I couldn't answer, obviously, what wasn't there, uh, the ones that were put on the uh, group chat. And then for that reason, I didn't answer because they weren't there. And then I haven't had a moment to come back onto Telegram since then um, into that uh, channel. So uh, I just want to make that clear. My apologies for not being able to come back. But I do because I know that, uh, yeah, I think they were posted a bit later, maybe even the next day. And so I think that's what, 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 what happened. Um, I will try to get onto it. Um, I was going to write an announcement because people are asking about uh, uh, different things to do with Umrah and Pakistan and LP and Times and this and that. So I was going to write an announcement. 
when I come into the chat, I don't like to come in casually. I like to come in and um, uh, come in properly and you know stay there and, and do it. So I know that I will not have that opportunity until possibly Sunday because I'm very, very busy until then. So I will come into the Telegram channel to post an update to do with lots of different things, but I'll come into the chat, inshallah, on the Wednesday, on the, on the Sunday, maybe even Saturday, maybe even Saturday. Actually, long car ride on Saturday morning, very possible I do it in that, actually. All right, guys, let's start off then with our text today. Where's uh, my people's? Sara or Zakaria or Mesa, someone text me the the uh, uh, couple of sentences that we're going to read. That would be great. That would be great. But uh, I don't think it's going to come quick enough, so I I'm going to have to continue. All right. So what we're doing is wa aqalluha rak'atan wa akthruha thamanin. Okay. وَوَقْتُهَا مِنْ خُرُوجِ وَقْتِ النَّهِ إِلَىٰ قُبَيْلِ الزَّوَالِ This is at the very least what we're going to cover today. Okay? Translated as, and the minimum of the duha prayer are two units. The maximum is eight. And its time is once the prohibited time expires and until just before Zawal, until just before Zawal. I have no idea how I translated Zawal. It means the when the sun reaches the zenith, the time of the meridian, that's what I'm referring to. It's basically, um, it is the prohibited time just before the start time of Dhuhr. I'll explain all of this, of course, okay? All right, I still, there must be some mental delay, by the way. I'm amazed by the delay. This must be my internet connection because I've been reading now for like one whole minute and still no one has posted the text. That's insane. So I don't know why there's such a delay. Mm, makes me feel kind of lonely, to be honest. Actually, very lonely. Let me actually time this. Right, guys. I want you to, I want people to repeat the special word, it's the magic word, okay? The magic word is the winners of the, uh, <laughs> see Ijaz, that's the magic word. I was going to say Pakistan, go. Sugar, there's no delay at all. There's literally no delay at all. There's literally five seconds. You know what's amazing is that Ijaz, Ijaz is thinking like the weirdo that I am. It's the only thing we're thinking. We're going to win this World Cup, inshallah. And guess who's going to be there after we win? How fluky is that? Honestly, how fluky is that? Okay. All right. So everybody's disappeared. Okay, so what about the rest of you, man? You couldn't even go and copy and paste from the thingy and khalas? Thank you, Yasmin. And well done, Chaudhary. Muhammad Mudir yani, has said the right word, Zindabad. Well done. You know what's the, you know what's the uh, incredible thing, guys? Can I tell you something? Incredible. You got you got to understand. Let me let me tell you something. When I'm in the UK, yeah, 
there will not be even a second class, let alone first class, let alone international tournaments, let alone ICC tournaments. Those are different levels, yeah? A single game that I would miss, when I say miss, I mean it'll be on. It'll be on, 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 somewhere it'll be on. And I'll be listening to it or, you know, connected to it, whatever. Everything. Cricket is something that I, I'm always, I have not seen a single match in this year's World Cup. Can you believe? Can you believe? Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Not a single match has made me so sad that I've been that stressed out. And I know that if I've been watching some cricket, I'd been chilled out. I'd been chilled out. And the Ajib thing is, is that a month ago, I was watching half the APL in the Emirates live at some of the games. And the Ajib Ajib thing is that in the last week, I must have spent, I mean, Shaz and Zafar and those boys know, I must have spent, I don't know, upwards of 20 clean straight hours stuck in the middle, middle of this whole racism thing. And uh, you know, that dog Yanimako Vaughan is gonna go down hardcore and I'm making sure of it personally. And you're gonna see inshallah on Monday, statements come out from the players that we've been writing and correcting and writing and editing and correcting. It's gonna come out. And when it comes out, some mandem are gonna get slapped hard. Wait for it, guys. Okay. Thank you, Sara, for being in the house at last. Okay. Yeah, honey. All right. Not about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You've been busy, actually. I remember that. Fair enough. But let's just let's just read Yasmin's uh, translation. The duha prayer is a sunnah. It is a minimum of two units and a maximum of eight. Its time is from the end of the prohibited time until just before the moment of zawal. All right, it's a very it's a very functional translation. It's not great, is it? It's not telling anybody anything. All right, I'll explain all of that. So you've got nothing to worry about. Let's start from the top. What is the minimum units of the uh, duha prayer? So we're on page 84 and Sheikh Uthameen says that it's two units and that's it. It's two units, which is the minimum. And some scholars said it's a, 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 a single unit because we've had now, you don't need to apologize, Sarah. You did explain that. And I know you've got things going on at home as well. So, uh, not at all. We let you off. We're making an investigation into Zakaria and we're going to make a double investigation into Mesa. We need to find out because that is incredible that she's not in a lesson. That is very concerning. She did not, unless she told us on the chat group that something's up, it'd be nice to know that she is okay. Okay? So some of the transcribing team can let us know as well. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, obviously the fact that Salatul Witr technically can be one and Salatul Witr is technically a Sunnah prayer, not an obligatory one. And so therefore the scholars said that even a single unit is possible for Salatul Duha or a bigger statement was that even uh, 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 so even if it's possible in something which is as important as the Witr prayer, then surely it should be allowed in something which is as flexible as the Sunnah prayer. That's the argument. Our response, as Sheikh Uthameen actually elucidates very nicely, is that no, that's not possible. The one unit for Witr is a unique Yani situation, which only happens Yani for the Witr sometimes here and there. Even that's only three. But no, the, the supererogatory, nafal prayers, those prayers that you're not obligated to do, but you get reward for doing it, they are two units as a minimum across the board. 
whether it has a reason, not a reason, whether it's absolute, whether it's restricted to time, whether there's something going on. It's always two units, okay? Always two units. And one of the evidences, there are many evidences for this, that, that this is the principle with Sunnah generally, that the minimum is two units, not one. And then we'll apply it to Salatul Duha in a second. But one of the evidences is the, the hadith in uh, Sahih Muslim in the book of the Friday prayer, uh, hadith number uh, 875. Uh, a man came in once the Prophet was given khutbah. And he said to the person, page 84, Rayhan, in the, in the Sharh, uh, right at the top, and he said to this person, uh, Okay? So he said, stand up and pray, and, يعني, you know, uh, 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 how can I translate? Uh, and be, يعني, you know, be quick about it. Yeah, that's not also a good translation, to be honest. Um, stand up and pray two raka'ah, two raka'ah, two units, and make it breezy. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Make it breezy. Tajawas fihima basically means that, and in these two, yani just take a few, uh, keep it, make it light. Yeah, no, not make it. Yeah, make it light. Yeah, you know what? That's that's nice, actually, Burhan. I like that. And make it make make it light. That's good. That's got adab in it. You see, the problem is swift and hasten and be quick. Whatever it is, there's no respect in that kind of language. Make it light. I like. It's very good. Make it light. Good. All right. So stand and pray to Raka'ah and make them make them light. Make them light. Sheikh Uthameen says, um, if it was legislated to pray supererogatory prayers, nafal prayers, less than two units, this would have been the moment that the Prophet ﷺ would have told him, stand up, pray one rak'ah. He even told him, ﷺ, he even told the man, in the middle of the khutbah, obligatory to listen to, don't forget, okay? Can't be distracted with salah while someone's trying to speak and you know tell something very, very important. So important that in the rules of Jum'ah, when we come to it, whenever we do come to it, uh, uh, when we study the, the, the chapter of Jum'ah, so important in that the, uh, you're not allowed even to, to, you're meant to sit and turn in the direction of the khatib if you're in the wrong part of the mosque, if you're straight in the middle, it's in front of you, it's fine, but if you're over here and you turn your body to him, you don't speak, you don't turn to others to speak, you don't even cuss another guy for speaking, because he might turn around and see you chatting to this guy here, the khatib, yani, and you know, you've, you've like, you know, saying, listen, can you shut up, please? And then, you know, he's looking at you and he doesn't know what you said to him. And you're like, you know, you're not meant to chat at all. That's how important it is to listen to the khatib and the, the, the khutbah. And therefore, this is the moment where the Prophet ﷺ should just be, you know, cancelling two units, cancelling two units. All right, so he's not cancelling two units. He wants people to pray to Hitul Masjid. He wants to preserve that, that whole institution of the two units for the mosque. And therefore, if this is the moment that he has the chance to do it and he doesn't take it, and he still insists on two, even emphasizing that they shouldn't really be praying so much because he's saying, yeah, be light, make them light. This is a beautiful evidence, to be honest. It's good fiqh. It's good fiqh. All right? I hope that that makes sense. So that's why he told him you need to be brief in two as opposed to just be brief in one or long in one. No, he said, you've got to do the two. 
Uh, and now specifically, of course, for Doha, uh, the Hadith of Abu Hurairah, we already mentioned this, radiallahu anhu, he said, Awsani Khalili, sallallahu alayhi wasallam bithalathin, that my dear friend gave me, advised me to three things, to fast three days in every month, two units of a Doha, and that I make witr before I go to sleep. And the Hadith of Bukhari, we mentioned that before. So therefore, Sheikh Uthameen says that it is not valid to offer a single unit prayer as a supererogatory prayer, nafal prayer, okay? Um, even though some scholars did opine that based upon this qiyas on witr and some other evidences, but it's a weak position to hold, wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Now, what's his maximum? This is interesting. Our author, Imam al-Hajjawi, in the Hanbali school, he puts forward the established position, the standard position, which is that the maximum is eight. That the maximum is eight. Eight with four taslim. So that's four sets of two. Okay? Evidence for that is the hadith of Umhana, it's called. The Prophet ﷺ in this hadith, which is narrated by Bukhari in the chapter of prayer, um, hadith number 357, also narrated by Imam Muslim as well. Um, it's interesting because Imam Muslim narrates this hadith in the chapter of the Musafirin, okay, in the chapter of the travelers. And this is because the Prophet ﷺ was actually traveling from Medina on the outskirts, coming to Mecca, right? And the Prophet ﷺ entered the house of Umhani, okay, radiallahu ta'ala anha, in at the Ghazwa, al Fath, at the conquest of Mecca, during the conquest of Mecca, or at the beginning of the conquest of Mecca, as soon as he entered Mecca, and he entered into the house of Umhani in the, on the entrances of the uh, uh, of Mecca, and he prayed eight units. He prayed eight units, right? Um, this is the observation of Umhani. This hadith is sahih, as I've just said. This hadith is also interesting because Abdullah ibn Abbas he was of the opinion, like Abdullah ibn Umar that there is no established sunnah called a duha. Maybe something Prophet I prayed here and there or whatever, but we just didn't see it, we didn't see or observed. And we spoke about that last week. It could be because, you know, it was the people connected it to the masjid and they wanted to warn against these people making it, you know, something that it's not. Or maybe the people doing it so much and so that they didn't want it to be and it becomes something which people take almost as a farm. Or simply, which is what seems the most correct opinion, they just didn't see it or get the evidences of the Prophet doing it as regular as he did it. In any case, what's interesting is Abdullah ibn Umar, he did not change his position. Well, not really. Whereas Abdullah ibn Abbas did. And when did he change his opinion? After the death of the Prophet he changed it when he went to the house of Umhani and he observed her praying this two raka'ah, uh, this uh, eight raka'ah, sorry. And when he saw her and asked her and she told him that this is what happened and this is when the Prophet came, it was, this was the time, it was the time of the forenoon and he وسلم, prayed eight raka'at and that's when I uh, understood it to be Salatul Duha. Okay, and then he accepted the prayer then as a sunnah as well and he started to change his opinion with respect to that. 
eight units. Sheikh Uthameen says at the top of page 85, and for this reason then, if a person wants to pray 10 units, okay, based upon this hadith and based upon what the Hanbalis are saying, if a person wants to pray 10 units with five taslimat, that means five sets of two, bam, 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 10 units, okay? Two, 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 yeah? What would happen is that the first eight would be considered duha as per that person's intention. And even though they made the intention for the last set of two to be duha as well, it would not be considered duha because the duha is maximum eight, as the Hanbali say and the Hadith suggests. And the next, so then the last two, they're not invalid because it's two units, but they would be considered mutlaq nafal. That means a unrestricted, no uh, uh, connected reason, um, uh, Yani, like a, I, don't, I don't know the word, uh, the phrase I want to use, but like a general two units that have just been offered for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is of course a great thing anyway, but it's not been connected to a reason. All right? That's if we follow that logic. Was sahih, Sheikh Uthameen says, but the more correct position, according to Sheikh Uthameen, is that no, we're not going to go along with this thinking. There is no maximum number. There is no limit, okay? Freestyle, freestyle, mutlaq. Yeah, yeah, maybe freestyle works, okay? I think it's a bit, there is a better phrase out there. Freestyle will do for the time being until someone thinks of it, okay? Because it's absolute, but you know what I mean? Unrestricted and absolute, those are the actual, yeah, so unrestricted and absolute are the, are the technical, uh, the literal legal definitions of mutlaq. But we need a, we need a friendly more phrase that people would understand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that what Rafiq says in terms of freestyle is far more friendlier and populist that would be understood by people when you say, hey, just pay two, you know. Open is good. Yeah, you see open is a bit more towards freestyle. Yeah, I think this would be good if we can find a phrase for mutlaq, right? Mutlaq is unrestricted without reason. It's basically without reason. It's unrestricted. It's not been defined. It's just, you know, uh, it's, you know, if I was praying and when I do have the tawfiq to pray and I've got people around me, they know what I call it. I say, I'm just going to pray a cheeky too. That's what we call it, which a cheeky too. Well, if you can go for a cheeky Nando's, yeah, you can pray a cheeky too. When you pray a cheeky too, what you're basically saying is just praying a cheeky too. Like a cheeky episode. Like a cheeky episode. That's what Hibba said. Hepa said, like a cheeky episode of, of Urtrul Yani back in the day. How long has it been? Nearly a year. Nearly a year. Okay? Nearly a year. And we'd be like, we'd be just there. And Hippo would say, hey, Baba, what about we check out a cheeky episode? No reason, no justification. No one's done anything to earn it. No Yani you know, benefits from, from it. It's just a cheeky episode. And that's the only way we get the cheeky too. Yeah, it's a cheeky too. It's an open, no reason, just the only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's of course the two units, not the episode. We wish it's for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I had a meeting today with someone who genuinely is close to the Netflix of Islamic content. 
and the the quality of the animation and the content Islamic is astounding actually. Bismillahi mashaAllah. Content on prophets, content on companions, stories, amthal of the Quran in animated versions. And uh, they're looking to also get some big backers behind them, like big business people to, to, to purchase, um, you know, to purchase uh, various uh, kind of existing Musalsalat, yani the series, and put it there, etc., etc. And so I asked them about Urtul and so on. And, uh, you know, these are the kind of things that would be uh, part of it. That's just an interesting, uh, what's the word? Interesting. Um, you know, my English is suffering so bad. My Arabic is rubbish and my English is rubbish as well. An interesting coincidence, coincidence, coincidence. Um, coincidence, coincidence. Um, there's many, uh, that, that was happening today and we're speaking about that issue. But there's many benefits in the Cheeky 2 Araka, 100%. This is Kethrat Sujood, right? This is what helps people get to Jannah. This is what uh, is an evidence for you. These two raka'ah are what is used in your, your vats, the hadith we spoke about in the beginning of this chapter, which is that the Prophet ﷺ said that when the obligatory units are looked at and they're found to be deficient as they clearly are gonna be, then what will happen is that there will be uh, 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 the obligatory prayer will be fixed from the vat of the non-obligatory prayers. And that's gonna need to be full. That's gonna be full of duhas and Rawatib and Awabin and Tahajjud and Qiyamul Layl, each one having a value of its own, and there will be in there lots of cheeky twos, inshallah. These cheeky twos are going to have a very important role to fix the obligatory prayer and its mistakes. So, 100%. Now, let's get back to the point. So, just like we don't set a limit on the maximum of Taraweeh, we don't set a maximum limit on, on Duha. Correct ish, because we know that. There seems to be, oh, well, not seems to be, there is definitely a preference to praying eight. There's a preference to praying eight for the taraweeh because of the Prophet ﷺ, because of Aisha's statement that, you know, he did not pray more than eight in, in Ramadan, outside of Ramadan. Yani, units of four, don't ask about how good they are, etc., etc., etc. Here, right, but yeah, technically a person could pray more, but the sunnah is to pray eight. Here, the, the, the evidence that they've put forward, we're now going to deconstruct, okay? We're now going to deconstruct. Um, why is it that there is no maximum limit, we're suggesting, for the duha prayer? Because Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she said, كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ يُصَلِّيَ الدُّحَى أَرْبَعًا وَيَزِيدُ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ أَخْرَجَهُ مُسْلِمُ Hadith narrated by Imam Muslim, hadith number 719. Aisha said that the Prophet used to pray the, the prayer of a duha as four, and he would increase whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted, or whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed him, willed for him to increase, right? Basically saying that, um, do you know, I just want to say that there's a beautiful level of symmetry here, yeah? You know what symmetry means? Which is being completely ruined by your bag and your bottle of water. It's like, it's, 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 it's a shocker. So we've got two options. Either you're going to go and fix it, or I'm going to go and fix it. That bag over there and that bottle of water. There's no way you can do a James Bond. Actually, you know what? No, it needs more work. Guys, this is important. I'm sorry, but it's irritating me so much. 
this, this is the lack of planning. You see, this is because, I mean, it's absolutely lovely little room. And you must be joking if you think we're going to allow it to. Yeah, now we're talking. If, Wallahi Bilal, you know this is the problem, man. Right? I'm just, I'm too expressive. I'm just too expressive, you know? You're absolutely right. I noticed it straight away and I, I thought, and then I thought, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And then I, all the way through this lesson, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I really don't like that. I really, really, really don't like that. With that, you just want to slow right down. You just want to slow right down down okay now it looks okay i like i like uh, thingy um ibrahim there's plenty evidence of kids everywhere you can hear a whispering it whispering the cheeky this cheeky that bloody blah, blah whatever whatnot you carry on playing with your stuff right uh right 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 where was i man right so so Aisha radiallahu anha says that he used to pray for, and we already spoke about this, that it doesn't mean that he prayed for without any taslim, but it just means that, you know, he used to pray for and he used to increase whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed. And so it's not been specified. It's not been uh, specified or restricted. And so Sheikh Uthameen gives the example that from after sunrise, if a person was to pray 40 raka'ah, 40 raka'ah, uh, 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 you know, units, then that would be, all of this would be considered Salat al-Duha. Okay? That's the first thing. Uh, because there's been no limit. The Prophet said, the Aisha said that, you know, and whatever he would, whatever Allah willed to increase him, whether that's 10, 12, she didn't mention a number. So why are we restricting it to eight? Well, the response would be, well, the Hadith of Umhanin. Because she said very clearly, he came to my house and he prayed eight units. What's our response to that? Well, Sheikh Uthameen says there's two responses to that. The first thing is that actually many of the scholars didn't even consider, and here's the irony, the irony of this is beautiful actually, that Abdullah ibn Abbas, yani he didn't even consider the duha prayer an actual you know, proper prayer that should be promoted and, and so on and not, it's not a sunnah, and decided to do that based upon a hadith and the direct evidence of Umhani, to which actually a large number of scholars said that actually it wasn't even Salat al-Duha in the first place. Which is a delicious and actually even, I mean I say, a hilarious irony if we believe that to be the case. So what does that mean? Actually, some of the ulama said that this eight units prayer that the Prophet ﷺ prayed was a unique prayer that the leader offers when they conquer a land. On the, on, the, on the cusp or after you have a major victory, a, a major moment. Shukran lillahi azza wa jal. All right? Out of gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his blessing and his mercy in giving us this kind of magnificent, you know, opening and opportunity, etc., etc. So in the case of the Prophet sallallahu he, um, obviously, it's amazing how the whole Fatih Makkah occurred something that couldn't possibly have happened yani, from us ourselves, 
required everything set up and in the order that it was you know you know all about that pre-wars before that could they be before that yeah and then in the end to be able to actually do it and take back and return home and take mecca it's absolutely huge which is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said inna fatahna laka mubina. it is indeed us that have given you so to the well done Hiba. who is this one that you've done Hiba? Oh, how does it go You are kidding me here, but your big moment and that's it, it's a collapse. Let's start again. <laughs> Alright, we have to cut that one out. Get the edit out. We're we gonna cut that out. Are we? They're all gonna know that you didn't do Muraja here, but. Such a long time ago. Oh my god, that's what Muraja is for, Heba. Oh my goodness. Khalas. Khalas. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Alright. So, um,. And so the interesting thing is in the hadith which is narrated by Imam Bukhari in the chapter of the military outings, um, uh, hadith number 4281 is the reference. The Prophet ﷺ, when he entered Mecca, and of course it's a very uh, 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 dramatic scene, he enters as the conquering leader and everybody's يعني, completely harian. What's gonna happen? What's gonna, you know, we're finished, we're dead. We tortured these people and ruined their lives and all the rest of it. And now they've won and they're coming back for us. And God knows what's going to happen now. And while they're all watching, instead of this big pomp and, you know, blah, blah, blah the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is on yeah, and his small ass donkey, whatever. And his oh, very humble, quiet, no fanfare and his head bowed down no arrogance, no pride. And he kept repeating this uh, opening uh, verse of Surah Al-Fatih. Inna fatahna laka fathah mubina. That we've indeed given you and opened up this victory for you, a magnificent victory. Uh, obviously, I'm sure there's better translations when I think about it. And he was repeating it. Um, and this is, of course, uh, from his khushur uh, and his, and his uh, humility uh, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, obviously, Mecca, the greatest, the biggest, the most important of all the Qura, Umm al-Qura, the mother of all cities, right? And Shaykh Al-Tamir makes some interesting things. He goes, this is the greatest of blessings. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the greatest of blessings, um, uh, from the greatest of blessings, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the land or conquers for you the land of your enemies at your hands. And Allah, Allah as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah At-Tawbah verse 14, of the cuff and fight them, Allah 
will punish them by your hands and humiliate them and support you against them and he will heal the hearts of a believing people, okay? The key point there is that he will punish them by your hands. Allah mentions that as a real shifa, as a real point of, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again says in Surah at tawbah again, verse 52, تَرَبَّصُونَ بِنَا إِلَّا قُلْ هَلْ تَرَبَّصُونَ بِنَا إِلَّا إِحْدَى الْحُسْنَيَنِ يعني say to them, are you يعني hanging around, يعني, you know, are you waiting for us? So just I'll come to this in a second here. Um, يعني are you, you know, waiting for, are you, what, what do you think is going to happen? All right? For us, we're gonna, or we're gonna get two of the, we're only, we're only gonna get, we've only got two options here, both of them, whatever you're waiting for, we know what we're, we're waiting for, right? We're getting two great outcomes. Either, obviously, this is not a translation, this is me my commentary, either Shahada and Jannah or victory, right? Right? Because we are expecting and just waiting يعني, for what's going to happen to you, which is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to afflict you with a punishment either from Him or at our hands. Again, it's very interesting, a little bit of art here, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings the narrative back to, the, to wanting to give honor and glad tidings and the positivity and the mental kind of uh, satisfaction of you achieving this at your own hands. Otherwise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, punishing is our punishing, and our punishing is Allah's punishing. But then to emphasize at our hands is clearly intended. Remember, our rule number, whatever, that there is never anything mentioned without reason. There's clearly a reason. And you know, one of the rules in art we spoke about is that if a sentence is complete without having to add further phrases then that brings even because uh, and let's close the verse that you know that we're waiting for Allah to afflict you from a punishment from him that's it the sentence can end this is an additional aspect to the sentence it's an additional information clearly Allah wants to us to think about it reflect upon it and that's what Sheikh Uthameen is picking up on here. He's saying that, And how beautiful that would be yani, to yani, deal with them at our own hands, the satisfaction. And I know that sounds a bit kind of, you know, I know that sounds a bit gory, but when you've been battered and killed and slapped and whatever, whatnot, then, you know, it just makes sense. When you've been in that situation, you know, there's, there's no problem right there. Now, I'll tell you something interesting. Hera asked the question, is this something which is only after military victories? And the answer to that is that, well, first of all, not all the scholars believe that this is actually a valid prayer that's done. This is their supposition, all right? It's a matter of ishtihad. There's no evidence statement-wise or whatever. But i tell you what is interesting. A number of the companions did follow the Prophet ﷺ in this example. The most famous of them that I know of is Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, when he conquered Persia, right? Or parts of Persia. The, uh, the beginning, yani, parts or whatever. 
he prayed this eight rakah, and it was made a big thing of as well that he um, uh, that he prayed it. It was like not. Um, it wasn't. Uh, how can I say? Just kind of you know. This was when the when Kisra basically was defeated. Ultimately, was defeated. Um, and at the time of Umar, and certainly yani in the time of Sa'd bin Waqqas, he wanted his leaders or military group leaders, when they would open up certain lands, when you can use the second one as well if you want. You can use the second one as well. You're good like that, yeah? Yeah. Um, so he would want them to do that, all right? as a way of thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the, Bilal asks a good question, right? He goes, okay, if that's the case, then is it prayed in the Doha prayer, in the Doha time only? And that's difficult to answer. This is actually ironically, this is ironically the problem you create for yourself when you go not for the obvious option. The obvious option, guys, is to look at this prayer and say it's Doha. And we know then if it's Doha, well, of course it's only prayed in Doha, and that's the end of the story. Once you start to say, well, you know what, it's not actually Doha, this is probably another prayer, but then you're, you're opening yourself up for so many different questions then. Okay, then, well, if it's for a reason, then why would you need to restrict it to Doha time? And it should be prayed anytime. So the answer to your question, Bilal, is that I think that those scholars that believe that it is such a thing, that this is a valid prayer, I think they consider that this can be prayed at any time. And that the fact that the Prophet ﷺ prayed it at the Doha time was purely incidental. Now there's an indication here in the next point that Sheikh Uthameen makes. And that is, he says, that let's just ignore the fact that there's a prayer called the prayer of uh, military victories. Imagine that doesn't exist. And let's imagine that this is a Salat al-Duha, that the Prophet ﷺ prayed at Umhani's house in the Duha time. Let's just assume, okay? That doesn't mean that it's not permissible to pray more than that. It means that he prayed eight rak'ah. And we have to be very careful when we are establishing sunnah for ourselves to not make everything that the Prophet ﷺ does to be a sunnah. Because as we know, there are certain things that he does which are just for him, wasallam. There are certain things which he does which are from his habit. There are certain things which he does out of personal desire, not because they are legislated for the people. There are certain things that are done, yani, musadifatan, yani, meaning that they are done hakada. They're just done, like, you know, as part of natural life. And what Sheikh Uthameen is basically trying to say is that it's very entirely plausible and acceptable to believe that the Prophet who prays Salat al-Duha all the time, regular, comes to Umhani's house and decides to not count eight. And that's what he prayed. And it wasn't uh, because we have the hadith that Aisha said that he prayed four, and because we have the hadith that Abu Huraira says that he prayed six, okay? And so therefore, this is not yani, uh, eight, which is indicating a restriction, but it's indicating that it just happened to be eight. And, and uh, Sheikh Uthameen, uh, is, that, is, that, is that what it's called? Yeah, the simplest explanation is usually the best one. We like things like that, Mariam, well done. Although someone completely threw us yesterday in our class, wasn't it? Was it yesterday or am I dreaming that someone 
when became was it, I think it was Sara, she became more philosophical and she just blew my mind, Yani in Nur al Basair, right? And then, you know, I can't remember. Anyway, Sheikh Uthameen gives a good example. He goes that, hey, when we're at Arafah in Hajj, right? It is not recommended to leave Arafah and as soon as you come to the boundary of Muzdalifah, when the bushes and the kind of vegetation starts and it starts to become a more built up kind of area, it is not uh, uh, the sunnah to suddenly then go to one of those bushes, find one of those bushes and urinate, okay? Break your wudu and then do a very quick, simple, light wudu because you're in the middle of nowhere, you've got, you've got limited water and so on. This is not the sunnah. And that is despite the fact that that's exactly what the Prophet ﷺ did. He only did it once in his life. He only did it on the day that he did Hajj. He only did it yani, on the day of Arafah. Normally, if you were like, you know, legislating as a scholar of fiqh, these are the kind of flags or, you know, or big indicators that we're about to learn a sunnah here. You know, once off, big moment, big action. Yeah, in these big action days, big action rituals, you are looking at every single detail and then you're saying that's the sunnah, that's the sunnah, that's the sunnah, that's the sunnah of what you do this day. Well, why is it that no scholar in history said that it's not the sunnah to go and to urinate in this place and then to make wudu and make it a light one before you enter into Muzdalifah proper on the night after you've just finished Arafah standing and making dua at Arafah? Answer is, is because the Prophet didn't expect it or want it to be a sunnah. He needed to go to the toilet. He needed to go to the toilet. And so he went to the toilet. Right? And he wanted to make wudu because he wanted the, the rest of the evening and the adhkar and the talbiyah and so on to be said in tahara, which was his habit. Okay? And indeed the point of this point is that not everything the Prophet said is a sunnah to be followed and practiced. And this is of course an area which we've covered. Um, uh, uh, yeah, you find Zakaria, man. This is, this is when Zakaria uh, is gone, then we've got to find someone else to blame. Although I want to I wanna say, how much do we miss Mesa? Because right this moment, if Mesa was here, by the way, still nobody's told me where Mesa is. And I'm really upset about that. And translating team, and transliterating team, and hadith referencing team, what is the point of you teams even being a team when your Amira is gone and you guys can't even think of a single reason? Baisha, Yani, where are you, man? What's going on? No, you see, this is messaging. I want people who are connected and not having to retrospectively try to work out what's going on. Come on, bro. Anyway, if Mesa was here right now, she would be giving us the reference to when we covered this in quite a bit of detail. And I think we've done that a couple of times in logical progression. It'll be useful for Zara, it'll be useful for many of you because I'm pretty sure that you might have either forgotten it that we've covered this or, and it's very useful and it's important actually to understand this. It's very important in fiqh actually to know that the Prophet um, his actions and statements are divided into different categories in, and that, that's done in order for us to know what is an actual sunnah and what's not an actual sunnah, okay? Uh, she would have indeed. All right. So, uh, where are we now? So, therefore, the Prophet ﷺ needed to urinate, and so he did, and he made wudu, and he wanted to do this because he wanted to maintain the monastic, the rituals, whilst in a state of purity, not for any other reason. All right, guys. All right. Um, and by the way, uh, just from an Arabic language point of view, 
This word thamanin is thamanin because it is marfu' and it is one of the unique ways. Uh, it is thamania, eight, but this is one of the ways of showing that this, because it's khabar mubtada, yani, uh, just for those who like Arabic, it's actually pronounced thamanin, even though it's marfu'. Okay? Anyway, so. Um, that's what Sheikh Uthameen says. Right, now, I hope that's all clear. I just want to just mention something. Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, I was reading earlier on. What did he say? Something really interesting, actually. He said, 5-0, uh, where did he, A1, this is it. He goes, Sheikh Uthameen, sorry, Sheikh Muhammad, Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, alayhi rahmatullah, hafidhahullah, killed him off, Daniel. Um, his opinion is that the maximum of the units of the Doha prayer is 12. He said that because he said that this is a restricted prayer and we shouldn't treat it as freely as Sheikh Uthameen is treating it. He's treating it like, you know, uh, it's just unrestricted, go ahead and pray as much as you want, right? But we wanna kind of keep it within reason. And he goes, that reason is 12 units. And the reason is 12 units is because we have hadith that can be, you know, uh, derived from these hadith, every unit number, all the way to 12. This is quite nice, actually. He says, uh, the hadith of uh, Abu Huraira, the Prophet ﷺ said, um, uh, uh, pray two raka'ah, okay, of duha. Another hadith, he said that whoever whoever prays uh, the two. Um, the class position is that it is unrestricted, that eight raka'ah is a preferable kind of number, right? Or a preferable maximum, a preferable limit, but it is unrestricted. Technically, it is unrestricted, okay? And we do want to put forward, even though there's not the strongest evidence in the world, that there seems to be some kind of Symmetry. Now I was thinking of the word. There's no symmetry here, but I'm just saying anyway. Between the night and the day. Yeah, there is some kind. We spoke about that maybe, you know, last week, I think, or the week before, that these eight units are only prayed by the people who miss the Qiyam. And if, you know, remember we spoke about that? Go back and revise that. Um, so, minimum is two because of the hadith of Abu Hurairah. And there's other hadith of the Prophet where the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever prays two units, he is from the worshippers, okay? And then, uh, oh. Yeah, and anyway, he said that when you look and go through all the numbers, you will see hadith for four, that's the hadith of Aisha. He goes, there's hadith for six, there is, but it's not very strong. There's hadith for eight, that's hadith of Umhania. There's hadith for 10, and it is not too bad, okay? But I think it's more weaker. And then the hadith for 12, where would the 12 number of 12? So, by the way, when I say these hadith for eight and six, whatever, these are specifically also for Salat al-Duha, but also some of the scholars said that these hadith that talk about the units in a day can be considered to be the units of al-Duha as well, which is not very strong opinion. That's why our class position is, Listen, two units minimum. Oh, by the way, why did Sheikh, why did Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankar say 12 units? Because of the hadith of the people, the one who prays 12 units in a day, Allah will build for that person a palace or home 
in Jannah. So some of them, they basically considered this hadith to not be the hadith referring to the rawatib, the two before Fajr, the four before Dhuhr, two after Dhuhr, two after Maghrib, two after Isha, but actually refers to Salat al-Dhuha. So a little bit of playing around the hadith, then you'll see that you can make two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, but no more than that. And therefore they said twelve is the limit. Our position is that, you know what, two is minimum, no maximum, but if a person prayed four or eight, that's good. Um, the next then thingy is, because I do want to finish this section. And it's time, that the time to pray Salat al-Duha, okay, is after the time of, exp of prohibition expires, and he didn't tell us that, but that's gonna come after in a couple of weeks time, okay? Um, until just before Zawal. What are these times? I know that I, we've covered this before a couple of years back. Yani, in actual fact, it was out in the sticks with that train that was going past Yani for one mile. Yani, God knows how long it was. Uh, Shazad Salim will tell you. Shazad Salim, look in the, uh, where are you Shazad? If you just type into uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, uh, prophetic guidance portal, Shaz, in the search one, uh, the class in which I was as fat as AE. If you just put that in, you'll find the, uh, you'll find the, <laughs> you will find that lesson. Oh my God, that is hard to watch. Hard to watch. I got pictures of that. She said, Salim, mashallah. Bro, I'm the one who got cussed for it. I'm the one yani, who there had to be petitions and Google had to be petitioned to take it down because it looked like I had two yani, mice stuck up here like this, yeah? But Marzita, do you remember how long that train was? It started and it kept going. <laughs> We're trying to teach a lesson and the train's going, 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 going. It was so long. No, no, Calgary, this is in, remember we went in Calgary? Banff, remember? Yeah, beautiful, massive, the only place. Anyway, so, uh, anyway. Uh, so I've covered that in a lot of detail, actually. Lessons before that, lessons after that, that's yani, the prohibited times. However, however, uh, we're gonna cover it properly um, in a different sense in a couple of weeks time as well. For now, it's enough to say that one of the prohibited times to pray is after the Fajr prayer, the obligatory Fajr prayer. After this time, that's why if you miss your Sunnah uh, prayer, if you miss your Sunnah prayer. By the way, Zuhaira, maybe that, I'm just wondering uh, that you need to press the red button on your YouTube, uh, uh, on, the, on, the, on the video, you know, so that it says red dot live, important that, okay? Everybody should just remind themselves and press the dot. Anyway, um, If you missed your sunnah and you arrived at the masjid and the Salatul Fajr had started and you haven't prayed your sunnah and then you finish your Fajr, we spoke about this briefly. There are some people that say you pray the Fajr immediately, but actually the correct position is that you should wait until after sunrise because this is a prohibited time in general to pray. And we'll speak about these two missed sunnah maybe some other time, but I'm sure I've covered it. I've said that it's much better to wait. The only time that you would not wait until after sunrise is if you know you're not gonna pray it because you're working or school or X or Y. So then you'd pray in this prohibited time because A, it's not a very strictly prohibited time and B, because we have some evidence to show that this exception is allowed. Okay, all right, we covered it. Khalas, great, this helps. Um, so this prohibited time 
is straight after you finish the Fajr prayer. And I mean whether you're in a masjid or at home, the obligatory Fard prayer, once you've finished it, from this moment, whether you whether you finished it five minutes before sunrise or whether you completed the prayer one hour before sunrise, but then this whole period of time is a haram time to pray. This is time for dhikr, Quran, and ibadah, and so on. This time starts after the Fajr prayer is finished and it ends about 15 minutes after sunrise. When is sunrise? Sunrise is the moment that the sun uh, the, 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 the disc appears on the horizon. That's sunrise. Sunrise is not the whole disc above. Okay? I was going to try and draw something, but no, I can't go and see anything here. But, um, but I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah? So if that's, if that's, if, if, if this is the dip, this is horrible to look at, but you know, if this is the uh, sunrise, if this is the, uh, think, you know what, this is the worst example ever. Yeah, there we go. That's it. That's a good example. So this is the, 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 the disc of the sun. Yep. This is sunrise. That's sunrise right there. Sunrise is not yani, up here when the sun is now fully above. Do you understand? Okay. That's not sunrise up there. Sunrise is when that happens. Now, when the sun has now fully... Imagine now that this is not my finger. This is now a ball. Yeah, a disc. And if this now above the horizon... This is when the prohibited time has finished. Okay? The prohibited time has finished. Why can't I show this in a nice way? Anyway, I can't. I'm sorry. So, um, yeah. Now, <laughs> use my hat. I would love to use my hat, but what's that going to do? I think it's common sense. I've covered this so many times. Only God knows how many times I've covered this in class. So I'm not going to cover it. So how long does it take for the sun to clear the horizon? About 12, 14, 15 minutes. Sheikh Al-Thameen says 12 minutes, 15 minutes. But the same side, I'm always a 15, 20 minute kind of guy. But you'll see in certain places, especially equatorial, that is very accurate. Around 11, 12 minutes is exactly how long it takes. What does it mean by clear the horizon? Clear the horizon means clear ground underneath the 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 what what seems to you like to be clear ground obviously this is not how it works this is all about how you see and that's why you always see the hadith talk about the 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 the, the thing the, uh, the 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 height of a spear the height of a spear thing is if you look at this right if i put it here this is if i put this here can you see this pen look at the pen it's as big as my head this pen is not bigger than my head and my hat and my beard look at this at this moment in time, it's perspective. Look how big this, this thing is. Now, if we look at the pen in real life, there are one, two, three pen heights of my face and beard and hat. And if I put it here, the pen is as big as the whole face, the hat and the beard liver. But if I take this pen back all the way here, this pen is now the size of my nose. Magic pen. All right? It's an amazing event. That's how they did Harry Potter, by the way. Not Harry Potter, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the Hobbit thing? They made the Hobbit guy and the king bloke, prince bloke, geezer, whatever, whatnot. Do you know that they, 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 Lord of the Rings, that's the Lord of the Rings is called. I've never watched it. Is it? 
I don't know if I've watched it or not, but I've definitely seen the making of it. Right. Is it Gandalf? Yeah, Gandalf, yeah. They 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 put him like there, so they put Gandalf here sitting normally, and they took the other little kid guy or whatever his name is, they sat him here on a chair, and but it looks like they're speaking to each other. And that's how he turns into a hobbit or a little thing, dwarf or whatever he is meant to be. And this guy is whatever. So anyway, back to the point. If you were to take your spear and put it down in front of you like this, right? Your long spear, and you were to measure it against the sun, this is basically, I don't know. Man, I don't know. The point is, is that when you're looking at the sun and you were to put a, a, a spear there uh, and with the bottom on the horizon and the top part of the spear, where the sun has, uh, the, the bottom of the disc of the sun has now got to. This is what they call, the sun has risen above the horizon, the amount of the height of a spear. That's what this means. Okay? Alright? Now, in real time, what does that mean? In real life or modern life, what does that mean? It means that... When you look at your watch and you see, or your phone, and it says sunrise on Apple in the weather app, okay, or in your prayer time app, or you type in sunrise in Manchester into Google and it gives you a number. That number, you add 15 minutes to that time and you now know it's allowed to pray again. This is the end of the prohibited time. That's what the text says. That the Salat of Doha time starts once the prohibited time has expired. When does it expire? 15 minutes after sunrise. And as, uh, as uh, Maiza says, uh, is this the uh, time that we can pray Miss Sunnah uh, or Fajr Sunnah? Correct. This is the time that you pray Miss Sunnah. This is the time you pray Salat al Istikhara, any prayer for any other reason. And Salat al Ishraq, the Shuruq prayer, the prayer of those people who have stayed in their position in the masjid ideally after they've prayed Fajr Jama'ah or for anybody who's prayed at home if they've got a reason not to be at the mosque and they prayed their Fajr Jama'ah or the Fajr prayer and they remain in their place not moving around not flapping about not looking at the phone not checking but they're making their dhikr and tasbih and dua and Quran all that way maybe an hour whatever allow the sun to rise allow it 15 minutes to get up above the horizon nice and clear then they pray to raka'ah Prophet said, reward of Hajj and Umrah. That is the prayer that can, comes in. And then Salatul Duha as well, which we're going to speak a little bit about it. The spear is never a height, Zubair. A spear is always two meters odd, right? It's not about the height of the spear. Every spear is a standard size of two meters. The point is um, the fact that any object, because it's not the object. Actually, what you're seeing is a, a visual, what do they call it? What do they call it? A visual what? A visual, uh, uh, what do they call it? A what? It's uh, uh, illusion. There's a phrase, isn't it? Illusion. Visual illusion? Whatever it's called. That's what you're seeing. Optical illusion, thank you. It's an optical illusion what you're seeing. What you're seeing actually is not corresponding to reality. The earth is hundreds of thousands of miles. The moon is hundreds of, the, the, the sun is thousands and millions, God knows, miles above and nowhere near the earth. 
Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter how big your spear is. Your spear could be 20 or 200 miles. The point is, is that this is all about your point of view. So that's why the spear is used because it's something that they put in front of them like this. Okay. Um, now, now, um, let's come back to your question later, Zara, okay, in the Q&A session. Let's finish this section so that we can pat ourselves on the back and say, yeah, we did something. Yeah, you know what? But there is quite a bit of stuff to speak about this in here. Guys, what do you want to do? Mm. I don't want to rush this. Guys, give me some guidance here because we've done an hour, five, 10 minutes at the beginning. Was that flapping around? Yeah, and we started a bit late. Yeah, I don't think I want to. Yeah, I think we're going to, yeah, because I think that there's some good stuff that we need to speak about. Because I do want to bring some, some interesting, because um, I want to speak about, um, no, and I also want to mention some of the prayers that have not been mentioned. Yeah, it does need to be given its due. And I'll tell you something, Rehan, there's, there's uh, a lot to be said about the scholars. I, I, I want to say this so that you guys remind me because I know I'll forget. All right. So let me summarize what the rest of the chapter is about. We've already said, obviously, that the time of the duha starts from the prohibited time finishing. We've already said that's 15 minutes after sunrise until just before Zawal, which is about 15 minutes before there's the duha start time. So when you see your prayer timetable and you see a time for duha, you should know that what's preceding that, that duha start time is a time in which the sun is at its highest point and is not, not moving, quote unquote. But it is, but it's not moving, it seems. It's at its highest point, And that's when the Kufstiani used to do their ibadah because they used to worship the sun and they used to think this is what it's all about because it's either just sunrise, amazing, sun at its highest point, hottest point, brightest point, amazing, sun setting, amazing. These are our three ibadah times. Now, now, um, That moment there, just before it's at that, the, so, so when the sun gets to that point, visually, and it starts to fall, that's the start time. That's the first setting of the sun. And when it starts, that's the start time of Dhuhr. It's stationary, it's haram for that 10, 12, 13 minutes when it's there. Before that 10, 12, 13 minutes, you're technically in the full noon. Noon is that moment when it's halfway up there, right? So duha, in reality, starts 15 minutes after sunrise and it ends 15 minutes before the duhar start time. That's what you can remember. And now the real question is, is that is all of this whole time called duha? Is there preferable times for duha? The scholars differed. I want you to remember this and then challenge me on it next week. Sheikh Al-Tamin, for example, he used to say that the best time to pray duha is really late. So if we go by today's duhar time, which is like 12 o'clock-ish, okay, where I am in Cairo at the moment, it's around 10 to, it's about quarter to 12, okay? Um, and the UK probably we've gone now to winter timing where, you know, it's probably around that as well. So he's be want, he'd be wanting us to be praying, yani, duha prayer, like half 11, 
right? Whereas the majority of scholars would be saying, nah, you know, if there's a sunrise of around six or seven, then the duha prayer needs to be prayed at nine. And I want to discuss some of the understandings of why there's difference amongst the scholars. Yeah. And if you pray duha 10 minutes before dhuhr, is that acceptable? Well, that's cutting it too fine. That's in a haram time. You shouldn't be praying in that. There should be no prayer in that 15, 20 minute kind of gap before dhuhr prayer. Just like there's no prayer for the 15, 20 minutes that the sun is rising. Okay, folks. All right. So let's do some questions. We'll start with uh, Zara's question. What happens if one misses the obligatory Fajr prayer and wakes up at this time? Should they wait? If someone misses their Fajr prayer and wakes up at sunrise, okay? My opinion, we did cover this by the way, someone, Zara, and maybe someone will be charitable enough to find it for you if you can't find it. And you've got to use, you've got to start using some of these. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not very good at it myself, but you kind of find PDFs and then you use search functions. And we did speak about this and I would want you to cover this and look for it. And Telegram group is your best friend in that, especially when Mesa comes back to us as well. And Bilal and a couple of the other people, they're really good with the notes. Um, but I just want you to say that there are a number of scholars that said that you pray in a prohibited time if you're that kind of person that is unlikely to be gutted about missing the prayer and not practicing so much and going to become distracted afterwards, then we make an exception. And I really sympathize with that opinion. And that's the opinion of the Hanafi scholars, a lot of them. As for the correct position of Allah Alam is that once it's gone, it's gone. And once you're in a prohibited time, it's prohibited time. And you shouldn't pray at that moment. And as soon as it finishes, then you should pray your Fajr prayer. It's gone. It's gone. So, you know, something like that. All right. Time urgent. Oh, oh sorry. One second. Uh, let's have a look here. When does a shuruq end if one wants to pray both shuruq and duha? This is a really difficult question to answer, Hasiya. Uh, because um, the shuruq is not a time as such, it's a moment which is linked to the fact that the sun just rose. And if you were just knocking out unit after unit after unit, it would all be connected to the fact that you started it because of shuruq. Does that make sense? It might even be half now. In actual fact, you're only meant to pray two units at the point of shuruq, right? Shuruq is a form of the duha prayer. I often say, and it's not very accurate, but it just helps it easy to, for people to make sense, that every prayer that's prayed in this period, 15 minutes after sunrise until 15 minutes before dhuhr, is a duha prayer, if you consider it to be a duha prayer. But its names and realities change slightly depending upon what time you pray. So if you pray in its early parts, uh, then it should be called a shuruq prayer. And if it's prayed later, then it should be called a duha prayer. Now, this is lazy-ish from me. It works for the majority of people who are not studying fiqh in detail. And, you know, but in actual fact, if it's, it can be argued that really it's not technically the duha prayer when it's prayed early, even though it's in the duha time, as you've seen. So I'm right still, but to say it's a type of the duha prayer is kind of lazy. We should say the shuruq prayer is its own prayer. But if a person said it's a type of a duha prayer, it's absolutely fine. And if a person is fine, being lazy is not wrong, right? It's just not putting a lots of effort into trying to find some accuracy. That's what I want to say. I hope that makes sense. Wallahu All right, Salma says, I have the opportunity to go for Umrah, inshallah, in the next few weeks. The problem is the flight. My parents are flying on is over 1.5K now. 
Is this UK, yeah? Because I can tell you this much that I was looking at the price breakdown because I said, you know, tell me, and explain to me where all the costs. And the cost of the flight for the, the December program that I'll be taking, each ticket is a thousand pounds from London, 960 quid, I think, give or take 10 quid. I can't remember exactly, 960 quid. So tickets are really expensive. I just want to just put, put that on there. Anyway, one and a half K. That makes no sense whatsoever, by the way. Why that is, I have no idea, unless it's a business class ticket or something, because I say that because December is the worst time for ticket prices. Like they hike it up big time. Why on earth would we be hiking up in the middle of November? Yeah, and, uh, Unless suddenly this is a US Thanksgiving price, they, they, they do hike up the prices there, but I, I think you're UK, aren't you? Anyway, my sister and I were thinking of taking another flight on the same day and meet up with them at Jeddah airport. As they are staying for longer, we are thinking of returning back without them. Would you advise this is all okay to do? We are well traveled, but we don't want to risk upsetting Allah. Do you mean Salma? Would I advise this in terms of how uh, my rights to my parents? Is that your point? I, I, I like as they are staying for longer, we were thinking of returning back without them. Why would that be a problem? I just I don't know. Do you mean that we're meant to be looking after them and for us to come back early to get the cheaper ticket means we won't look after them? Because if that's the answer, then of course that's not great and you should you know think about your parents. But if you're saying your parents are completely fine, they're chilling and they know what's going on and they don't need you for any of the aspects, whatever, then absolutely no problem coming back earlier. Absolutely no problem. But Allah knows best. Maybe I didn't understand the... They are fine with us returning come back earlier, but I'm worried about traveling without mahram. For me, anyone who is traveling on modern day thingy does not need mahram, and anyone who's traveling on the planes, etc., yeah, that, 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 there's, 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 there's no problem there. Mahram, got you. No, no, there's no problem with me and mahram. I've covered the issue of mahram and uh, traveling, let alone Hajj and Umrah, in a video which you can type in and you'll see some details on that. All right. Um, Faryal says the hadith related to duha prayers and charity. On behalf of the 360 joints, during our monthly cycle, do we then make up this charity with other actions as we can't pray the duha prayer? What a great question, Allahu A'lam. What the answer to is to that question? It's a great question. The whole point of the hadith is that you are unable to fulfill the right of your, uh, the dues of your, you're unable to fulfill the right, the, the dues of the blessings that Allah has placed upon you. That's the whole point of the hadith. Let's step back, remember we always said, let's take a step back and look at the hadith, right? Um, this is a opportunity to remember why we do worship. Why do we pray two rak'ahs when we're told to give charity? Now, I'm not saying to the woman, yeah, who's on a cycle, don't give charity because he's not gonna get it done. No, of course you do. I want you to know that that's the whole reason why we have uh, this charity and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in acts of worship that cover for our, our lack of being grateful and fulfilling that yani, covenant by not being able to give enough charity like we should be able to. So we pray the salah. And so therefore, if you understand that, then you know that a woman is clearly going to be covered when she's on a cycle because the whole point of what's happening here is that she has... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has put prayer there to save, save the situation. 
She can't save the situation except with the prayer. She's not allowed to pray the prayer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to hold her accountable for that. But of course, she should just give charity in general, but she's not going to be able to fulfill. And neither is she obligated to pay the 360 aspects or, in, or amounts or units of charity. I hope that makes sense. Um, if you come to messages before Dhuhr prayer and the prohibited time, do you stand and wait? Personally, I think that a person should, but we will come and speak about that. That's coming up about what do you pray and not pray in these haram times. Awabin thaqib, okay, is, is what some scholars said during the Dhuhr time, and others, a lot of them, consider it to be what's prayed after Maghrib, eight units after Maghrib. Both are not from the Prophet, they're from the Salaf, both are acceptable. We'll speak about it a little bit later. To add to that, then, is the window. Google sunrise plus 15 for Fajr time if you wake up late. I have no idea what that question says, bro. Is the window Google sunrise? I have no idea what that even means. Is it two rakah after the adhan? Yes, after every, well, let me be accurate. Between every adhan and iqamah, there are two units, as the Prophet ﷺ said. Okay? Like the Prophet ﷺ said. All right. Wow. Saad is back. Let's do this, guys. Let's do this. وَأَقَلُّهَا رَكْعَتَانْ وَأَكْثَرُهَا ثَمَانْ I said ثمان. You know, I have a feeling that ثمان is also quite possible, but ثمان. Anyway. وَوَقْتُهَا مِنْ خُرُوجُ وَقْتِ النَّهِ إِلَى قُبَيْلِ الزُّوَالِ I need to think about that. Is it ثمان or ثمان? ثمان is obvious as a خبر مُمْتَدَى but there is a reason why it can be ثمان. I think that might be a mistake. I think Thamanun is correct. Zakumullah It is a minimum it is a minimum of two units and a maximum of eight. It is its time is from the end of the prohibited time until just before the moment of Zawal. Right, Aduha Prah. Sheikh Uthameen and the class position is that the, the minimum is two units. Some scholars have said that Duha Prah can just be one unit as it is for Witr. Sheikh Uthameen says the Witr is an exception to the normal rule of supererogatory prayers, which are always praised in, prayed in units of two. Hanbali position is that a maximum number which can be prayed is eight units. This is the standard opinion based on a narration from Ahanit, which states that the Prophet ﷺ came to a house and prayed eight units at Doha time. So if someone prays more than eight units, the extra ones would not be considered Doha, and it would be instead be freestyle open raka'at. Did we come up with a good word, by the way? Have we not come up with a good word? Let's come up with a nice word for Sarah to be able to put into the notes. Sheikh Uthameen in a class position is that there is no maximum amount to how many units can be prayed, but eight is a preferable maximum or number to aim for. I don't know if maximum is the right word. What would I say for preferable maximum? Yeah, no, I don't want to, you know, you see, it, it, we don't want to add too much authority and, 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 and you know, to, to that. We don't want to create, you know, some difficulty there. Uh, this opinion is based on a hadith narrated by Aisha radiallahu anha, which says that the Prophet ﷺ prayed four years of Duha and then continued when the runs passed by number. He prayed, MashaAllah, whatever Allah will. Very good. Some scholars, he, no, no, he, he didn't, he did, he didn't uh, pray, MashaAllah. Uh, uh, the word is, وَيَزِيدُ MashaAllah. And he, he prayed for, and he would increase, MashaAllah. That's what you need to change that to, Sarah. Okay, not he prayed, MashaAllah. He would increase, and then continued them with an unspecified number. Yeah, well, you kind of, you've kind of indicated it, actually, maybe. I don't know, in the brackets, I think that he would increase there, thereupon. 
MashaAllah. Some scholars argue that the prayer in the narration by Muhana is not a duha prayer at all. Rather, this is a prayer which is given after, which is offered, not given, which is offered after freeing a country military victory. However, the two hadiths are not contradictory. The fact that the Prophet prayed eight at Muhana's house does not mean that this was his habit and un unfinished sentence. Sheikh Shanqiti says the maximum should not be left so open and unrestricted, so he holds it that the maximum is 12 units. Derived from the hadith about praying 12 units a day but applying it to duha and not, and not and, and not the sunan rawatim. Good. The prohibited time is from after finishing the fajr prayer, regardless of one prayer's fajr, and ends about 15 minutes after sunrise. Sunrise is when the top of the sun can be seen at the horizon. The end of the prohibited time is when the sun has cleared the horizon. I there is clear space between the sun and the horizon. After the prohibited time ends, one can pray there, Miss Fajr Sunnah and other supererogatory prayers, and indeed obligatory prayers you can add, any prayers that have been missed. And then we should be speaking about the, 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 the Doha prayer. Sajda Tilawa coming up, Maryam, next week. Shahanara. Uh, is it okay to pray behind someone whose tajweed isn't very good? Yes, it is. Especially when they pronounce a lot of the sounds incorrectly in Surah Fatiha. I think it's okay. We are pretty lenient when it comes to things like unless there's a proper change of meaning. Would the followers of Salah be valid? Yes, they will. yes, it will be. And doesn't it go back to the fact that Taha says that if you are used to doing a certain act, then you do get edged for it even during the time when one can't? Yes. All right. Can I travel to Pakistan alone from the US? Yes, you can, If you, especially if you've used that before. Unrestricted nafal is what it actually is, mutlaq, but um, an independent raka'at, no, it doesn't work. And unrestricted azara doesn't work because that's what we already know. We want a nice, friendly phrase. Freestyle, open, a cheeky too. I think a cheeky too kills all of those options, by the way, I just want to say. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullah khair, everybody. I, I just want you to know that a couple of people messaged and they also contacted the office. LP folks, obviously, are the preferred, preferred and the most kind of uh, people who go on these programs. I know quite a few of you are coming. Um, this program, I think, or the, the allocation will, if not, if it's not full by the end of next week, it will be closed, I think, by the end of next week because of the flight situation, because blah, 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 so busy. So be aware of that. Art happening couple of weeks time, December 4th, I believe. If you didn't take the first one, make sure you take this one. Although it's coming, you know what? I can't remember the date, but I think at the very end of January is the late one for my peoples like Aisha in Philippines, Singapore, Pakistan, something like that. Pakistan, I'll be there, I'll, I'll mention about that later as well. And um, don't get used to this kind of mazaya. It's been a very strong and clear reception, mashallah, and everything because I'm on a high connection. This is not the norm here. Back to the drawing board next week. And then the week after that, it's going to be a new time. So next week is absolutely like normal. But the week after that, guys, is going to be a unique uh, LP. It's going to be live in Pakistan at 6.30, I believe. I'll write all of this in announcement. It will therefore mean 1.30 p.m. UK time. Hera will get her dream that she's yani, complained about every single week since she joined. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give her patience and reward her for her sacrifice. And more so, much more so for all of those that have put up with this for 10 years. It is what it is, guys. Barakallahu feekum. Sara. Um, uh, kids that don't know about Palestine. 
but Palestine is definitely happening now. Niaz, I'm in Cairo, and uh, let's do Sarah that question on the on the on the on the thing on the on the Telegram. I'll get it done on the weekend. Barakallahu feekum, Jazakumullah khair, guys. Barakallahu feekum. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Wa astaghfirukallahumma. Wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi. Wa barakatuh.